This morning's scripture reading comes from the prophet Habakkuk. And for those in our church school program who haven't quite gotten to the prophets yet, the prophets were the people that God chose to spoke to speak through. They sometimes caused some conflict in their communities because people didn't always like what God had to say. But they always had something important to say. And so here today, we listen to what God said to us through the prophet Habakkuk. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner might read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. The wisdom of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. My name is Alex Shaywell. It's good to be with you again in worship. I am the area conference minister for the United Church of Christ, and I can tell you a lot about that, but what I want you to know what that means is that it is my privilege and my responsibility to accompany you as you live the love and justice of Jesus here in Brookline and the surrounding area. And that is most visible during times of transition, but I want you to know that I am always a phone call, an email away. Whether it is in your joys or your sorrows or things that are a little bit of each, I would love to be on your team as it comes to being the church together. So do not hesitate to ever reach out so that we might grow closer in relationship together in our shared ministry with the wider church. And of course, I would be remiss if I did not take this opportunity to thank you for your financial support of the wider church, which makes my role entirely possible. I'm thankful for that gift that you are a part of. And thankful for this opportunity to be with you in worship and look forward to opportunities to gather again. I could say so much, but we have committed to a 30-minute worship service, so I should transition to preaching. Will you join with me in prayer? Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be a blessing unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Friends, you'd be forgiven if this was the first time that you've heard of the prophet Habakkuk or Habakkuk. However your pastors say it, that's the right answer. Habakkuk is one of the minor prophets, minor not in substance, minor in length, sandwiched between Nahum and Zephaniah, probably two other prophets you haven't heard much about. That's okay. The book is only three chapters long, so I'd invite you, maybe after the sun has gone down and you've had a chance to enjoy our beautiful day, take a minute and read it and see the full context of our scripture reading. But for this morning, for this moment, we're focusing in on the second chapter and specifically verses two and three. And these are verses I love preaching on. I love preaching on these verses. 
Write the vision, make it plain, God says to the prophet. It might be history's first elevator pitch request. Write the vision, make it plain. It's certainly probably the Bible's first request for an elevator pitch. But it goes further. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that a runner may see it. As in, if someone was running by, it would be so big and so obvious that even a runner would be able to grasp it. In fact, there are other translations that say, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that someone who sees it may run. Meaning that the vision is so inspiring, compelling, that when you see it, you want to go and tell others and preach and share the word. Pick your translation, church. They're both good messages to all of us as we discern how to live the love and justice of Jesus in 2022. And I will confess, if this was prior to the pandemic, that would be the tone of my entire sermon. Write the vision, make it plain. But in this moment we're in, unfortunately, I cannot say we are post-pandemic yet. We are in yet another chapter of it. I want to invite our focus not to disregard that verse, but alongside it, make space for what comes after. God says through the prophet, if it seems to tarry, wait for it. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. As your area conference minister, I work with 112 churches in the Boston area. And I can tell you, church, there are a lot of churches who are waiting for something, waiting for answers to what church will look like and how we will be and who we will be in light of what the pandemic has brought forth. Churches waiting for answers as to will everyone come back? And if they do, how often? Will new people come? How have our routines permanently shifted our relationship to church? We as a people are waiting, of course, for the day in which it might be safe for us to take off our masks in every space, whether they are masks for our health or masks that keep us safe from racism and homophobia, classism, sexism. Waiting for a world that is truly just. We're waiting for so much. And as a people, and I'll begin with myself, we are not good at waiting. Now, I am a millennial, so I understand the stereotypes around the impatience of my generation. But I think we all have been affected by the fact that if you wake up in the morning with a random thought, I heard a comedian say the other day, where's Tom Petty from? And if you didn't know, you just had to wait until someone knew where Tom Petty was from, right? But now we open our phones and we can look up something like that, anything. It's 
made us even more impatient as a people. So when I hear God say, wait for it, if I'm honest, I do not want to. I do not want to, God. I will confess that to the church. I want the vision now. I want to know the answers now. I want to see each step ahead, where we are going, how we'll get there, and when. But then God says to me each and every time, wait for it. Because the truth is, the answers will not come quickly. They will not come easily. They will not reveal themselves no, by an effort of how hard we work. God challenges us to wait. Yet, do not be deceived. I think many of the times we have a problem with waiting. It's because we conflate waiting with doing nothing. Waiting, at least in a Christian context, is not doing nothing. Waiting is not passive. It is not more work, per se, but it is certainly not passive. As a Christian people, we wait as the Israelites waited in their wandering, knowing that God was leading them to the promised land. We wait as our sister Mary waited in her pregnancy and proclaimed in the Magnificat that the lowly will be lifted up through Jesus. We wait as the church waited for the coming of the Holy Spirit. We wait as Christians for the promised return of Jesus in which all the odds will be made even and all the wrongs made right. In our context, waiting is not passive. It's opening our ears, our hearts, our eyes in such a way that we trust so much in God's promises that we know God will speak if we have the courage to wait with openness. And so church, my invitation for you in the midst of all of the worry the anxiety, the uncertainty, the unanswered questions we carry is to wait for it. Wait for God's vision to unfold for us. Do not force it. Do not rush it. Notice our breath individually, collectively, and wait for it, confident that our God is one who keeps God's promises. And that when the time comes, the vision will be made plain. And you, Church United Parish in Brookline, will write it in such a manner that not only those who are running can see it, but those who see it will want to run. So Church, in confidence, wait for it. Won't the Church say amen? Amen.